Hour number three. Happy Friday, everybody. It is a – if you are just getting out and about and just tuned into the Plank Show, well, thank you for dialing us in. Happy to have you alongside. I'm Josh Elmer. He is Connor Pasby. It's a massive, massive recruiting weekend all of a sudden for Oklahoma. I won't run down all of it unless you you want me to again, but Jackson Dart, Michael Trigg, couple of USC potential transfers, reportedly going to be shopping around Norman this weekend. Dart, of course, four-star quarterback recruit out of high school, number three player in the transfer portal. He's down to Oklahoma, Ole Miss, and TCU, who he's deciding between. Feels like it's a popular consensus out there that wherever Dart winds up, that's where Trigg probably going to wind up. And then let's see, Cavante Henry, who is a four-star edge. He's in Norman, 2023 four-star quarterback Jackson Arnold in Norman. Tulane three-star defensive tackle transfer target Jeffrey Johnson. Wait for it. Stopping by Norman and Louisville three-star cornerback transfer Kenny Walker uh, also visiting. And I think there's several others that maybe maybe I don't have on my list there that I need to scrounge up for all of you fine folks. You so have, you have Ole Miss running back uh, Henry Parrish, but I'm not sure if he's – He just entered the transfer portal. Yeah, so he doesn't have a – not a visit for Oklahoma yet, but could potentially be one. Well, and everybody's drawing, you know, connecting the dots there because, of course, Jeff Lebby had been the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss, and now all of a sudden he's in the transfer portal. It wouldn't be a big surprise if the Sooners, now that Jeff Lebby is Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, if they weren't in the mix there, which, you know, Teddy and I were talking about that a little bit yesterday afternoon. Would Oklahoma – somebody asked us that question. Would Oklahoma be in the business of trying to add a running back out of the transfer portal? And I think Teddy and I were in agreement that it wasn't just a definite no that they wouldn't be adding a running back, but that I think OU – we agreed, Teddy and I, OU felt – pretty good about where they sit right now in terms of their running backs. You've signed two in Javante Barnes and Gavin Sawchuk, a couple of four-star kids, and you've got Eric Gray and Marcus Major back for Oklahoma entering next season. But probably if you could add that young man from Ole Miss as well, you would. And you've got the Levy connection there, so we shall see. That is an interesting note. I'm glad you brought that up. Did somebody text about that? No, it just crossed my uh, notes because I saw it. I saw it late last night, so I just wanted to point that out there. Very nice. the uh, The other item that has sort of grabbed my attention this morning is some of the comments that are, are getting made out there about what the future of the college football playoff might might look like. Uh, four is fine. That's from Sankey. Big Ten, I guess, now feeling similar. Similarly, Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, uh, says the best thing to do right now is to stay at four teams, and Big Ten feels, I guess, similarly 
that way too. Doesn't sound like, though, at one point, felt like maybe college football playoff expansion was inevitable. The whole whole Oklahoma-Texas wrench to the SEC has put a dampen on any of that momentum. And, you know, I'm curious. How do Oklahoma fans feel about that? If the college football playoff stays at four teams until what's the contract through 2026 and and then maybe even perhaps beyond that, let's say that whether it's ESPN or CBS or whatever networks may or may not get involved in this college football playoff, if it stays at four through 2026 and maybe even beyond, how do you feel about that? for the Sooners moving forward into the Southeastern Conference. Are you good with that? Are you a little skeptical about that? It would be tough, especially if, uh, you know, two losses. Can't afford to have two losses if you want to get in the Final Four. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do expand it and do, like, Power 5 winners and say you have three at-large bids, maybe. Something down the road. Here's where I'm at with it. I think four is probably the best number. Oklahoma, if if you're not getting into the college football playoff when when it's a four-team format, history has shown us you're not winning the national championship. So if you can't conquer the SEC and be one of the teams that's right there, potentially getting into the college football playoff as, say, an at-large from the SEC, then probably you're not winning the national championship. And just look at this year, Michigan finally, finally gets over the hurdle of Ohio State. They get into their first college football playoff appearance, and what happens? They get beaten like a drum by Georgia, your eventual, eventual national champion. Cincinnati, first time we'd seen a group of five school get in. They get beaten like a drum by Alabama. So even in a four-team format, we've really only seen a couple of compelling semifinal games. OU was a part of one of those. Rose Bowl lost to Georgia. Other Other than that, the teams that are going to the national championship game are typically doing so in convincing fashion. I don't think you're leaving out teams right now at f- what we've currently got with a four-team playoff. I don't think you're leaving out teams that legitimately are going to win the national championship. Having said that, so I'm good with four. I'm good with four. I like where we're at right now. To me, even though it's more challenging – of a path clearly it's more challenging of a path for Oklahoma to get into the college football playoff in the SEC it is you're going to have less appearances in the college football playoff unless you become what Alabama has become unless you maybe become what Georgia has kind of been and now that they've broken through and won a national championship perhaps what they're going to be into the future. Now, that remains to be seen with Georgia. But I think it's fair to say 
going into this thing, probably unless you take that big leap as a program, which I think is doable uh, with Britt Vittables as your head football coach, less appearances in the college football playoff. That's something that maybe some some folks aren't real thrilled about. I understand that. I get that. But to me, when you get that appearance in the college football playoff coming out of the Southeastern Conference as an at-large out of the SEC, as an SEC champion, which SEC's shown us too, again this season, multiple bid league. When OU and Texas make the move, do you see a happening of a two-loss team getting in? Out of the SEC? Out of the oh, SEC. It's, it's a matter of time. Yes. If it stays at a four let's, – let's say it stays at a four-team format. Yes, eventually an SEC team with two losses is getting in. That's something that college football fans aren't going to – No, like. they're not going to like it. part of it. Not going to like it. So, to me, I'm good with four, though I'll say this. I do understand why leagues like the Pac-12 and the ACC, not really the Big Ten so much, but these Big 12, these other power conferences, I get why expansion would be attractive. I get why it would be attractive to the group of five schools. One guaranteed bid into the dance. It it solves that problem. If you implement an eight-team college football playoff, if you go to a 12-team college football playoff. Well, then if you expand it, say all first round of those games are just blowouts. It's just not a not a good look. Well, it's not, it's not going to solve that. You might get a game or two here and there where the 5-12 five five, five game's really good and the 6-11 game's really good or whatever, but those teams – not going to be winning national championships. There's a reason they're not the one through four seed. History has shown us that. Maybe there's a rare case once a decade or something where one of those teams breaks through and wins a national championship, but it might even be fewer and further between than that. So I like four. I think it's okay at four. I don't think it's necessarily beneficial to Oklahoma in the sense that all of a sudden they're going to be making the same amount of college football playoff appearances that they've made since the college football playoffs inception. But I don't think that's the worst thing for Oklahoma. If the end goal is the end goal, if the Jalen Hurts mindset, keep the main thing, the main thing is the main thing. And that's winning a national championship at Oklahoma. Well, it makes the road a lot tougher and more rewarding if you keep it at four. Because say if you move it to eight and 12, you got a lot of teams making a playoff every, I'm, every single year. I'm rambling and rambling here too, Connor, but I do think the sanctity of the regular season is is important a little bit here. Everybody is going to be making more money if you expand this thing out, and I do think it also solves this. You've got a bowl games problem right now. The bowl games are less and less interesting because more and more guys are opting out, which I'm not going to knock kids for trying to protect their professional futures, but that is something that you could eliminate a little bit of that if more teams are invited to the party in an expanded college football playoff. And it's something to think about, and I'm sure it's part of the discussion in addition to the extra money that conferences and programs can make by expanding the playoff. 
So, interesting, though. It, it feels like we're headed in that direction. Is Darla still hanging on, or is... We do. We have Darla here. Okay, I don't want to make her wait through the break. I know she's been patient and wants to chime in on the show this morning. So let's go to the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line, 405-329-9000. Darla, thank you for your patience this morning. Good morning. What is on your mind? I was just wondering about Jackson Player from Tulsa. Do you think he's going to go to OU or... I'm leaning that he winds up at Ole Miss, Darla, but I don't have that on. I'm not sitting here on the airwaves this morning connected through sources or anything. That's just an an educated guess. That's just an opinion because I feel like at Ole Miss, he's not going to have as much competition with a guy like Dylan Gabriel at Oklahoma that has already quarterbacked one season with Jeff Levy as his offensive coordinator, though again – We'll see how this weekend plays out. Yeah, Jackson players defense from Tulsa. Isn't he? Jackson player, yes, is a defensive tackle transfer from Tulsa who is deciding between OU, Arkansas, Baylor, and I think Oklahoma State is still in the mix there. TCU as well. I hope we get him. Would be a good get. He's announcing on Sunday, so that's something to look forward to this weekend. Fingers crossed that Sooner fans get good news. He's not the only defensive lineman, though, that OU's in the mix for. Makai Wingo is another guy that has been visiting Oklahoma this week. So he's a all-SEC freshman team selection that is in the transfer portal from Missouri. So I I would love to get Jackson player. We need a kicker, too, don't we? Because didn't one of our kickers... Gabe Burkich, yeah, he announced yeah. for the NFL draft. Right. That would be – I hadn't even thought about that. That is not at the top of my priority list, though. I know, it's a but good point. We'll need one. You do need a kicker. We forget about that. Jeffrey Johnson, who's a two-lane defensive lineman transfer, by the way, is also visiting Oklahoma. So oh, there's good. so much going on okay. in terms of transfer portal guys and just transfers, and then even some high school kids that are visiting this weekend, that there's a lot to follow uh, okay, this well, weekend. thank you for keeping this, me up to date. No worries. Yeah, no, I'm we're going to keep you, we're gonna keep you locked in All on right. everything that's happening right here on the Home of Sooner appreciate Fans. You. And I appreciate your phone call. Darla, have a All wonderful right. weekend. Appreciate Darla. Big supporter of the Ref Sports Radio Network. We'll take a timeout. It is hour number three of the Plank Show on a Friday. Hope it's a great start to your early start to your weekend here. We've got some responses on Twitter about the college football playoff news that's circulating out there. I want to tell you, though, before we take a T.O., hour number three of the Plank Show, as always, brought to you by Roof Tech. Locally owned and operated for 40 years, give Josh Tucker to Tucker a call over at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Time out and we're back. Let's keep the college football playoff discussion going right here on the home of Sooner fans. It's the Ref Sports Radio Network. Plate show rolls on. It's a Friday edition right here on the home of Sooner fans. Hour number three brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 40 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 
703-4245. That is 405-703-4245. So, seems like, I, I guess we've gotten one response that is not great, Bob, about the college football playoff not expanding. But uh, this is from our friend Red Dirt Sport. Are you familiar with Red Dirt Sport, Connor? I'm not, Josh. Oh, that's that's going to be a follow button that you need to hit on the old twitter.com. We asked the question, this is now, <laughs> we have steered the conversation away from Caleb Williams. Unbelievable. Uh, against all odds, we have accomplished it this morning on the Plank Show, Connor. This is officially our social media question of the day. There's been some rumblings that have started to trickle out. We heard Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner with Paul Feinbaum, sort of reacting to the college football playoff discussions that have been ongoing. And Sankey basically, in you know the news that we had all kind of heard that it doesn't sound like expansion is in any way shape or form inevitable here sounds like we're a ways off now all of a sudden from that or the you know powers that be just have not reached any sort of agreement that would get a deal done to expand this thing to 8 or 12 in the right here or right now so with that in mind and with the ACC commish and the Big Ten commish, everybody kind of saying, yeah, we, we sort of think staying put at four teams in the college football playoff is best for right now. How do you feel about that for the Sooners moving forward into the SEC? That's the, the question that I tossed out there. You can follow me at Josh on Ref. He is at Connor Pasby on Twitter, and uh, of course everybody should be following at Sports Talk 1400, at 94.7 The Ref, and at Buzz Tulsa. Red Dirt Sport responded and said, feel fantastic about it. Short term, OU may be disadvantaged and miss a playoff bid. <laughs> Long term, eventually Oklahoma versus Florida State will be a conference game, and the playoff bids will come. So he's he, he's looking long game on this and he's not being facetious there. He's not joking. He's saying that the financial situation that OU and Texas are placing themselves into in the SEC, the long-term financial stability of the SEC, you look at the TV contracts if you dive into them, and I, I don't have the numbers in front of me. That is uh, something we can – dive into as we progress throughout the spring and into the summer and, and really spend some time thinking about it again. Plank and I have done this in the past. The financial difference between what OU and Texas and Alabama and Georgia, all of the SEC schools are going to make in their TV contract and what the Ohio States and Michigan's, Nebraska's, the Big Ten schools, what they're making – it's night and day compared to what Pac-12 schools are going to be making. What the, the ACC TV deal, Connor, it's locked in through the year 2035. 
And it is not a great TV deal. It is not. And you're seeing everything come down to, you know, it's all about money nowadays in college football. Well, there's only so long that schools like a Clemson, like a Florida State, there's only so long they're going to say, yeah, we're cool with making $25 million less. And I'm just ballparking that figure, whatever the number may be. But it's it's something similar to that. And, oh, by the way, the SEC and the Big Ten, they're probably going to renegotiate and get more money than they're getting right now than what ACC schools are going to divvy out before that 2035 contract gets done. I, I That contract is so bad that the ACC is locked into. It's unbelievable. Pac-12, not as many attractive commodities in terms of television eyeball numbers than the Big Ten or the SEC can throw around to TV networks. Yeah, the ACC and the Pac-12, the networks are, you know, toward the – Toward the bottom. Somebody replied here, shred that contract immediately about the four-team college football playoff. There's no doubt that, and Steve chimed in, not great, Bob, the, the, the gif. There's no question. Short term, it's, it's not great in terms of Oklahoma making just routine college football playoff appearances. But I like what, Austin, Texas Sooner chimed in with. I think the question is if we think we can beat Alabama or Georgia and end up higher than them in the polls. This regime has lofty goals, so I certainly hope they would feel fine about this. To which I replied and have said as much here this hour on air, you're going to have to beat Alabama and Georgia eventually to win a national championship. Especially if you have one loss heading into the – Conference championship, lose to Bama, two losses, get you out of the final four. So, to me, four is fine. You're going to have to beat Georgia. You're going to have to beat Alabama. You're going to have to beat Ohio State, Clemson. Whoever you want to toss in there into the college football playoff preeminent powers in the sport to win number eight, you're going to have to do that. Well, it makes your season feel more special if you end the regular season with one loss heading into the conference championship with a shot to get in the Final Four? Now, one argument that I could see somebody using as a counterpoint against, hey, four is fine for Oklahoma. If OU, and I I think OU is going to have their fair share of opportunities with Brent Venables, I believe in what he's doing enough to where I think he's going to get OU over the hump. I think he's going to win SEC championships before it's all said and done. I think he's going to challenge Alabama and Georgia in the SEC. I'm not saying that's going to be every single season. I think that's maybe unrealistic in a conference like the SEC. But he's going to get OU to the point with the way that they're recruiting and about to be recruiting defensively and the hires that he'll make on offense if and when there's life after a Jeff Lebby as the offensive coordinator. He'll get another talented offensive mind to come in. Skill players is not ever going to be a problem in my mind at Oklahoma. OU's going to keep getting talented skill players, but with the addition of what they're going to be doing defensively, 
and the names that they're already in on. You just follow what's going on. The tea leaves recruiting for Oklahoma. OU's about to be in a better place. They're about to be in a more competitive place than they've been under Lincoln Riley. And not just to pick on our man Mule Shoe, really than they were in at the tail end of the Bob Stoops era. Then you got discipline and toughness. Those are two big words that heading into the SEC at Oklahoma Oklahoma needs, and they did not have that with Mulshu for the last three three years. I've got three words for you. You ready for this? Actually, <laughs> I've got four words for you, okay? Let's hear them. Defensive blue chip ratio. That is what my man Brent Venables is going to be bringing to Norman, Oklahoma. Not just blue chip ratio. Yeah, that's fun to have some talented skill guys. Five-star wide receiver. Oh, my goodness. Look at look at these three five-star wide receivers OU's bringing in. Trajan Bridges, not at Oklahoma anymore. Jaden Hazelwood, not at Oklahoma anymore. Theo Weiss, rooting for, rooting for his health. Still could have a massive season coming up at Oklahoma, but those three five-star wide receiver signees have not been winning Oklahoma national championships. So you're saying you want some hard-working blue-collar guys back at Oklahoma? I'm saying I want five stars on both sides of the football is what I'm trying to say here. I want four and five-star talents on both sides of the football. And what I'm saying is, Bringing offensive skill talent in has not gotten Oklahoma over the hump yet. They've had their two five-star quarterback signees in Spencer Rattler and Caleb Williams. They've had number one overall draft picks with Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and that has not won a college football playoff game. OU's going to be in a spot with Brent Venables in the future with the vision that they have to better position them to break through and win a college football playoff game and to do it on a regular basis. I believe that with Brent Venables and this staff. We got to get to a text real quick, Josh. Yes, I have been. uh, Yeah. Yeah. Let's you just roll through some, some text messages over there on the air comfort solutions tax line. Here's an interesting one that I completely agree with too. OU just upgraded in every coaching position. They've upgraded a head coach. Todd Bates, you can argue, one of the best defensive line coaches in the nation. Certainly his uh, recruiting acumen speaks for itself. Miguel Chavis, I think, will do a good job, but I would probably give Jamar Kane the edge there right now just based on proven track record. Then the local man, DeMarco Murray, who do that stretch when shoot dipped out he saved some recruits and I know it's popular by the way to dump on Alex Grinch right now and I'm not crazy about you know all of the twisting and stunting I mean sometimes I'm just like hey let's just go be better than the other team you don't have to you know run exotic twists and stunts every single play you're Oklahoma just be the more physical football team but I think that in revisionist history here We've taken a little bit of credit away from Alex Grinch and the job that he has done or did at Oklahoma to fix a lot of the defensive problems 
that Oklahoma has had on that side of the football. That's not a take that is going to age well. I get that. But I'm not just going to sit here and act like Alex Grinch is some bum of a defensive coordinator. I don't believe that. You saw hints of good things. There was just nothing, you know, exciting. There would be some stretches of exciting plays on defense, but not on a consistent basis. With that being said, though, Brent Venable's definite upgrade as your defensive mind, no question. Kendall said, do you think the transfer portal has the potential or already has a negative impact on high school kids wanting to play college football? No. He asked us this yesterday. Um, I was hanging out with Teddy on the rush, and no, I, I don't think so. I don't. I think it gets them more exciting and it gets their, gets their It gives them more options, Connor. A lot of recruiting options. It gives them the flexibility of, okay, if I, as a high school kid, if I go somewhere and it doesn't work out, I can quickly relocate. And then not miss, uh, not having to sit out a year. I just, to me, the transfer portal is, now there's been some cases where it's not been great for several players out there. We've seen some of the nightmare stories of players that put their name in the transfer portal and don't come back out of it. Don't find a landing spot, this and that. But by and large, the player empowerment of the transfer portal has been good for potential for future college players that are high school kids, for current college players that want a different opportunity somewhere else. It's been good for players. Now, it drives fans nuts and makes fans want to rip their hair out, but it's good for players. Got to take a T.O. Fun discussion on the college football playoff. I'll take more of your phone calls if you want to dive into that. Haven't talked much about Porter Moser and the Oklahoma men's basketball team this morning. Let's do that next, unless you guys dial us up and hit us up on the phone lines, which you can do so, 405-329-9000, or you can text in 405-651-3439, and we will hear from you next. Love hearing from you every morning right here on The Plank Show. But if we don't hear from you, we're talking OU men's basketball next right here on The Plank Show. Hour number three of The Plank Show. Again, it's brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Quick T.O. and we're back right here. It's The Plank Show. Josh and Connor. More to come right here on the home of Sooner Fans, Ref Sports Radio Network right after this. It's the home stretch, but uh, what's our man Scott Van Pelt say? It's after midnight, but I ain't tired yet. Hour number three of The Plank Show. Brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Locally owned and operated for 40 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. Big game. Big game coming up tomorrow for the Sooner Men. Porter Moser and co. need a big dub over TCU. And they've been good. Really good. Perfect this season in bounce-back opportunities. 3-0 and when they've lost, and in their following game, they've come right back and won the next game. TCU on the road, 3 o'clock tomorrow. ESPN2 is where it's at on the TV side of things. Obviously, Toby Rowland going to be on the call, and I would always suggest you should listen to our man Toby Rowland. I think this is a gotta-have game for OU. 
versus TCU. I, I get it. They came back. They earned their first Big 12 win versus Kansas State. I'm not sitting here trying to act like TCU is the worst basketball team ever. They're not. It's, you know, everybody in the Big 12 I think is pretty good, even the teams like Kansas State and TCU and Oklahoma State. I think they're capable of rising up and beating anybody well, in this league, not named Baylor. You don't want to lose consecutive games in the Big 12. That's uh, can't afford to do that because you got to grit and grind every week, no, no easy games. Well, here's the part where I kind of S all over TCU after building them up. It's the Chris Plank special, the the compliment sandwich, as he likes to say. You you start with a compliment, then you mix in the insult, and then uh, you end with another compliment. You have to win this game over TCU because even even the fact that top to bottom, I think everybody's capable of beating you in this league – TCU is one of the worst teams in this league. You can't lose this game on the road at TCU. You just lost to Texas. You were lackluster in that game versus the Longhorns. First time this season that really start to finish, you just weren't very good versus the Longhorns. 66-52 was the final in that game. Kept kind of waiting for OU to make a little bit of a run, but... The run that they made, yeah, you had it, but you were already down 20 points and you cut the deficit to 11. So, writing was sort of on the wall at that point. Well, and then one lone three in the first half and just didn't see anything after that. They just couldn't get – whole game just couldn't really get in a rhythm, something we weren't haven't seen yet this season. Mo Gibson hit the one three, and other than that, they were one for 13 from downtown. I liked what Porter said with T-Row this morning when he said – you know, we didn't shoot it well, but you can win when you don't shoot it well. So that was something that he's been stressing to his team. And uh, Tanner Groves, I guess, really, as soon as that game went final, wanted to get into the film room and figure out, okay, what the heck did Texas do to me defensively to shut me out like that? Because it was one of the big struggle games of the season for Oklahoma. And I am not a rocket surgeon, Connor, but probably not a great recipe when your leading scorer gets held down the way he did versus Texas. A lot of a lot of double teams on Groves and had one one field goal attempt was that one dunk. Yeah, and that happened so late in the game. It was you know out of hand and out of reach at that point. But hey, on to the next, and it's TCU tomorrow at three o'clock. We're due uh, a break. Final timeout, then we'll come back. And one final time before I hand it off to Steely and Thune at noon, we'll reset what the recruiting weekend looks like for Oklahoma. Bunch of names. Bunch of names to keep an eye on for the Sooners. Josh Elmer, Connor Paz, be with you. Final hour, it's brought to you by Roof Tech. Be right back after this. Wrap it up right here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans. Back with you one final time on the Plank Show. Connor, it's been fun hanging out with you on this Friday. It's been fun, man. This is the Plank Show, by the way, that you're listening to. On the Ref Sports Radio Network, the home of Sooner fans, might I tell you one final time that this hour of the Plank Show, it's brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma. Give... uh, 
Our friends at call, Josh Tucker at RoofTech, for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. Locally owned and operated for 40 years. Okay, I said uh, let's reset the recruiting weekend that is. Before before we do that, what what's your uh, big plan this weekend? What do you what do you got going on? You see me watching a lot of football, Josh. I love this NFL slate we got going on for Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. What are you what are you excited about on the NFL slate? You're I'm, probably rooting for Big Ben, huh? Just to I'm just to irritate indeed. me. I'm not, but I love that first game we got Saturday between the Raiders and the Bengals. I think you'll be high scoring back and forth battle. So you're saying play the over. I gotcha. Don't know what it don't know what it is on top of my head right now, but I I would say that. I think it's forty nine is what I saw yesterday. Now it might have gone up or down, but I want to say it's the largest over-under of the playoff games this weekend. But that doesn't interest everyone out there, just just certain certain folks out there. Dallas and 49ers will be fun. Dallas got to win that, that late, game. Was that late afternoon? Uh, why don't I just go ahead and share what the NFL schedule looks like for you this weekend? Maybe some of you are curious about that. So tomorrow – NBC, first game, 3.30. Raiders at the Bengals, Cincinnati, five-and-a-half-point favorite from Paul Brown Stadium. Then 7.15. This is one of the games I'm looking forward to. Patriots at the Bills. And then Sunday, you've got three games. First up at noon on Fox, Eagles at Bucks, 3.30 on CBS, Niners at the Cowboys, and then uh, on NBC and what will be the most boring game of the weekend, we hope, the Steelers at Kansas City. And then Monday night, I think, is going to be great. Cardinals and Rams. That's 7-15, by the, by the way, on ESPN and ABC. A lot of games that the Patriots and the Bills, a matchup that we just saw not too long ago in Buffalo. Same thing with Steelers and Chiefs. They just played each other a few weeks ago. And I hate the fact that Kansas City won that game by like a million points, and now it's Big Ben's farewell tour, and it's going to be the most obnoxious broadcast of all time for for Big Ben. Oh, is this the final act for Big Ben? Oh, what a great career. Yeah, whatever. Talk about a tall task for Ben his last season. It is. would be a monumental upset. If they can oust Kansas City, though, then – all of a sudden, things in the AFC start to get real interesting. Big weekend uh, recruiting for Oklahoma. We hope we have some good news to report to you. Hopefully on Monday. Hopefully as soon as then. That's it for us, though. Appreciate Maddie Williams, Sooner women's basketball star, joining the show. If you missed it, uh, I will be, as soon as we sign off, chopping up, podcasting the show so you can uh, find Maddie Williams uh, on the podcast as soon as we get done. John Williams as well from Sooners Wire, my buddy, my boss, who hopped on to talk some Sooner football news with us. And uh, all of you for your text, your phone calls. For Connor, I'm Josh. So long, Steely and Thune at noon. Coming your way next.